Do not wait to get another job to do this. If you feel like you need to leave your job because of money, talk to your manager first. Welcome to Hardly Working, a podcast about how we can improve work, life, and everything in between. These are recordings from live conversations on Fishbowl, a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can join us live next time on the Fishbowl app. We have events every day. All right, let's get right into it. Welcome. I'm very excited to have an opportunity to talk with you all today. Uh, The topic is negotiating your salary. There are so many different ways and so many different different methods to use when trying to get um, and negotiate your salary. Um, As a recruiter, as uh, many of you will know, I um, work for Capgemini, which is a great consulting firm uh, that is global in size with 350 thousand employees. I've been doing this type of work for over 30 years, which is kind of hard to say, but it's certainly um, the truth that I've been doing this for a long time. So I've had to go negotiate with people as well as for myself. And I think that there are some really important things to look at when you're negotiating, um, negotiating salary. First of all, if you are going to be looking for a job and you're using a recruiter, um, the very first um, conversation you have with a recruiter, or whether you are a recruiter or the, if you are being recruited, there will be a conversation about compensation. And so you need to be ready for that on both ends. Part of that will be, I think you need to understand what you have to offer. You know, are you someone who's been working for three years? Are you someone who's been working for, you know, 30 years? Are you someone who lives in New York? Are you someone who lives in uh, Minneapolis, right? Um, so you have to look at a couple things, that your industry experience, your geographic location. Is this work that you're going to be doing similar to what you've done in the past? Or is this a new area that you are looking to kind of dive into? Um, do you have education? Do you have a um, bachelor's degree or do you have a master's? So basically, I was saying you have to understand what you have to offer, where, whether you are, um, what kind of skills you have and what are the relevance to those. Um, once you really have a good handle on who you are and what you have to offer and knowing your, your worth compared to your compared market is not a bad thing to do as well. You can find out salary comparisons by so many different methodologies. You can use um, you can use Google, you can use Glassdoor, you can use Fishbowl, right? You can use Fishbowl to to ask about market. You know, using Fishbowl is not a not a bad thing at all because if you know what company you're going to go to, if you know what company you want to go to, if you are looking and want to understand comparisons, you go to Fishbowl. Uh, look for the company that you want to want to go work for or that you're going to go interview with and go and ask. You can ask anonymously what salaries are you seeing? So you can kind of understand where you are and what it is that you want to do. Understanding that will take you a long way. Um, and, you know, you might think that you're, you know, the greatest data scientist ever to walk on water, but you've only been doing it for three years. You need to be realistic with what your expectations are. Generally, Katrina, what would you say the average is for salary when you change a job? What is the average salary increase people can expect? I mean, I think people try to look for like, you know, 15 to 20% more maybe, you know, on an average. 
I think that this is such a tricky topic, to tell you the truth. I mean, because when I think about this and, and how we're going to navigate the salary, for me specifically, if I were going to uh, start the process, I guess one thing is that I would hope someone would be honest with me. Um, I know when I'm recruiting, I try to give a very honest range. You know, I speak freely with people about compensation. You know, if we can, we can dance around it a million ways, but this is what rules your life. You know, this is, this is why we all work. We're not here doing it as a hobby or for fun. And I, and I would hope for some honesty. So I would honestly have a conversation with a recruiter or someone that you're working with and say, what is, even if you have a weird wish number, I ask every candidate, what, what is the number that's going to make you happy? I mean, we all want to say a million dollars and, and that's, you know, we have our funny answers for that. But if I respond to someone, you know what, I ideally want to see 150,000. What I would expect from people, and I think one of the things important that we have to, you know, maybe even as an industry in general is be open and say, you know, our ideal person is probably between 130 and 140. Is that something that you could live with? So it just gives you an honest range. I mean, we, we all know the, the textbook way to negotiate salary, but I think that I'm probably not alone where people are, are tired of doing the chase and always fighting for that compensation. You know, I'd like to hear how other people have maybe approached it or, or, you know, tried to negotiate because for myself, even as a recruiter, if someone comes in too low, I, I don't let them do that from a human aspect. Right. And if they come in right. too high, I advise them. So, you know, like I said, we all know how to do the research and how to find the number. Every company is going to be different. You know, what, what are some other people's experiences out there as far as compensation, especially in the world of the great, you know, resignation that, that we're slowly getting away from. Uh, we've had a year of tremendous compensation and the job market is going to be changing and offers, that means offers are going to be changing. You know, what are some strategies? What are other people finding out there in, in, in the space? I think that when we, we talk about some things too, I think Katrina is an amazing leader, but she spent, you know, over 20 years as well as a recruiter. And with that, when she, when she, she is probably one of the most transparent and realistic recruiters you'll ever meet, you're not going to meet people like Katrina every time you talk to someone. So even though she's going to be free, and I know I, I have always been that way too, but not all recruiters are going to be so transparent. So there's an old adage out there and Katrina, right? He who mentions numbers first generally loses. That is what the textbook will tell you. Well, and I think you should go into a little context about that, uh, just a little bit. So the problem that I have when people, you know, when you walk in the door and the first question you say to me is, well, how much is the job paying? Your first question should be more about, tell me about the job. Tell me about the culture. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you what, you know, let me tell you what I bring to the table, how it relates, transferable skills, all of the things that make you excited about the job first. I think that that verbiage, especially when you say he he who mentions the numbers first, if that's the first thing that's coming out of your mouth about compensation, I I would not, I I highly recommend avoiding that as your introduction, as your introductory call. So you're right in one sense. I would never say yeah. that out loud to, to an interviewer. That was not the point. The point would be is that, first of all, I agree with you. If you mention compensation first, turn away almost anybody that you talk to. Recruiters, same thing. If the first thing out of your mouth is, so what kind of salary do you want to make? 
that is an absolute company that you don't want to work with because they're not concerned about you as an individual. They want to see if they should discount you because they don't have enough time to talk with you past comp. So so both both parties on both ends should have an exploratory conversation to find out who's the company, who are you, what do you want to do. If a recruiter doesn't ask you what your goals are, or what is it that you want to do, they haven't been in this business long enough to understand relationships and understanding that it's a two-way street, that recruiters and employers need to be on the same page of a mutually beneficial relationship, and that I would steer clear. However, when you get to the and, – and candidates who send me an, a LinkedIn message with the first question, like if I say, hey, we have a great opportunity, I'd love to talk to you, if, they, if their first question is what is the comp, I walk away because that's Absolutely. – yeah, it's also somebody who isn't interested in learning about the company they're chasing the money. And I don't think that that's ever a great idea as well. Um, Samantha James, you raised your hand and you're invited as a speaker if you want wish to, to add. Hi, I have a question. So I'm from New York and I understand your take on not asking for money initially, but for those states where it's a requirement now by law yeah, to yeah. provide compensation, how do you feel about that? Because that is something that I ask initially. Yes, the the job is great. The company, from what I'm seeing, from what is being presented is great. But for us to move on, it is great to at least know what the range is so we're not wasting each other's time. Again, Samantha, there's pros and cons to that. However, with the transparency laws, every salary in the New York area should be posted. So you should know that up front. And just just to speak about those transparency laws, they're giving you the range. Most companies, at least I am imagining they're giving a range and they're probably giving you the lowest and they're probably giving you your the highest. 99% of the companies that will hire you will not hire at the top of the range because once you get hired, you have nowhere to go and that's not fair to you or you know, other people within that group. So if you are seeing those salaries in New York, and it'll be California soon in Colorado, Colorado, and I forgot the other company that other state that is requesting that, but um, you should see those ranges on any job posting anywhere on their career site, LinkedIn, you know, any other place that the job is posted. And I would look at the mid range and that should give you a good indication as to where they would hire you. That's my opinion. Katrina, did you want to add? No, I agree. I think that most people are going to try to do a mid-range. You know, personally, I I like the pay transparency, you know, compliance that, yeah, that's going on. I We need to stop making compensation taboo. And especially when we talk about, you know, women in the market, you know, I think historically, at least from my experience, I certainly don't want to speak for everyone out there, but women are not, are naturally not as aggressive about compensation. And so it gives us an opportunity to be on a fair playing ground. Men are much more confident to go out there and throw out a number and not question it where women, it's more of a secondary you know, conversation. So any opportunity to leverage and give us an opportunity to play on fair playing ground, I think is good. So and utilize so, it, take yeah. advantage of it. That information is there. You have a range. You are probably, you know, very safe to start. Now, for me personally, I, I feel like employers never negotiate up. You know, you'll get a recruiter or someone who may advise you, but they don't negotiate up. They only negotiate down. So you hit at that midpoint and maybe just go a little bit higher and say, this is my sweet spot. 
this is what I understand your range is. What, what is your number that you're looking for? And not be afraid. Don't be afraid to say it because there's nothing worse than you. It may be your dream job and you're 150% qualified, but the truth is the company wants to pay $70,000, but it's a $120,000 job. You don't want to even waste your time. Why do you want to go through an interview cycle? Why do you want to interview? Even if it's amazing, unless you know that there's some flexibility, again, I think it comes down to truthfulness and, and hope that somebody honestly says to you, you know, we're ideally looking for this, this range. Is that something that, that you couldn't be okay with? But we need to stop being afraid, throwing out numbers that we think are fair and reasonable. That's. And I think before you get into any conversation, Samantha, is first of all, you should have enough time to have a 15 minute, 20 minute conversation. You know, if you're looking for a job, if you're really interested in a job, do your research, see, see what they're, um, especially if you're in New York, it makes it easier. Or if the job is in New York, it makes it easier. However, Talking about not wasting each other's time, I get what you're saying. But on the same token, if you walked in and said, if your first question to me was, what is your salary? What what are you going to pay? I promise you I would walk away because I want to know that you're interested in my company just as much as I'm interested in you, right? So I think going into a conversation, you have to have in your head, what is, I mean, like I always like to say to candidates, at what point do you want to say no? All right. Because I am like Katrina. I will always say if they say it's 125 and I know it's too low, I'll say, no, we're going to put forth 135 or whatever the the fair rate is for that role. And, you know, recruiters are candidates are surprised that we're going to do that. But it's the right thing to do, because if we hired somebody below market for that person, they're going to leave you know, in two months. So even though someone may say, oh my gosh, you're not doing the right thing by my company. It's untrue. We're doing the right thing for the company and the individual. We're being fair and we're doing the right thing for the company long-term. So understand, you know, where, what is your bottom line? Because if, if conversely you come and say, oh, I want 150,000. And I know that that, po- that position and that person's skill is well below that, I may say, well, that's going to be a little tough to do. I'm not going to say no to that, but I think you need to understand that the the market for this role for this year and the years of experience tend to be somewhere between 120 and 140, okay? And and I'm honest with them, and I'll say, so at what point do you want to say no, okay? And then you know and I know we are on the same page from day one because unlike the world, most of the recruiters that work in jobs. I mean, they're staffing companies, but anyone who works in corporate recruiting, we're not going to make a dime more if you make 110 or if you make 210,000. We don't make any more money. So it's, we do not have any interest except for the best, the best way to help every individual that is coming in front of us. So understand your worth, know when, at what point you will say no to a job. Because like Katrina said, it might be your dream job. Are you going to say no for $5,000? Or can you say, okay, yes, but can we look at the salary in six months? I've had people say that. Well, I'll come in at 145, but, you know, I I really want to get to 150. And I'll talk to the employer and I'll say, okay, can we look at the salary in six months? Well, there's always wiggle room. I'd be interested, Samantha, with with the, the new laws that have been put into place, are you finding that the conversation is easier? Do you feel like you're getting a lot of honest responses? Have you been you know, talking to people in the market? Are they are they giving you actual numbers? It varies, um, especially when you're looking at remote roles. So 
there's times where I have to state what the New York law is when it comes to compensation because that is not provided beforehand. That's a problem oh, wow. because the, well, the law just started, Samantha. I mean, it started 17 days ago. Well, right. Uh, maybe not everybody is caught up. So it, it's yeah. probably a little bit frustrating that you have to remind companies of what is now a legality. But um, do, do you feel like people are, are giving you more realistic numbers? Do you find that, you know, any of that is happening now that that's in place? It honestly varies um, based on a company. Some of the ranges are very large. So you still need to do your research. I mean, it really depends on the company and the level of the work. I know companies, are, we're kind of all getting our sea legs on this because it is a brand new law. I know Capgemini wants to be transparent and to offer, you know, the information that's asked of us. Um, but, you know, there could be companies who are just figuring it out. So you've only been asking for this since November 17th, I mean, November 1st, right, when it got in place? Yes. However, Colorado um, and a lot of the applications have already They've started months ago to right. add this information. So it, it really just depends when the job was posted and, you know, what companies are aware of the current laws. Sure. And what state? Okay. So I, okay. So thank you, Smith. I, we do have another question. How should one consider options as part of a compensation versus an all comp? I would look at, Katrina, if you look at this, I would do bonus options, 401k, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Consider the, the additional perks and the things. Ask for ask for a list of the benefit information. You know, I found that we're, we're seeing as the markets are changing and things were a little bit more competitive, you know, in the last year that vacation time has risen in a lot of organizations where extra weeks are off that you can't find in other companies, you know, extra bonus days, uh, potential stock opportunities, um, definitely bonus even a sign-on bonus, you know, it doesn't always have to be clumped up in a salary compensation package for sure. Right. And I would also look at, I don't know, I feel like stock and options, it it depends where you are in your career and who that company is. When people tell me as a recruiter that they got options and they have this and that, I honestly don't look at that as part, I mean, could it be part of compensation? Yes. If you think you're going to stay with a company, Um, long enough for those options to be exercised and to be, you know, 100% vested or I'm I'm really not even sure how they all work, but I don't consider them part of the comp. I think that, and personally, I agree with you. I think stock options are fluff because you have to stay, you have to stay a certain time before it's vested and there's any, any worth either. So again, depending on the level and the job and, and things like that, but yeah, and I think, though, options, yeah, options, I, I agree with you, Katrina. I didn't want to use the word, but I'm going to use it because you did. I do think that they're fluff. Um, yeah. I think that when you look at benefits, you should really focus on your 401k. I think you should focus on your bonuses and how they're structured. And you should ask, you know, what percentage of people get 100% of their bonus? Does the bonus ever go up? You know, in terms of if, if it's a 5%. When does it or can it move up to 6% or 8%? You know, ask those questions as to what the bonus should be. Look at what, like I've said to you, what what I've said today anyway, is that we've talked a little bit about knowing what your worth is and going and prepared for negotiation. You need to understand clearly, you know, what your benefits are and what you make. Also, if you are supposed to get a bonus in April, and it's January and you're going to start a new position, you need to look at what kind of salary, what kind of bonus would you be getting in that time frame? Because if you start a new job in January, February, March, 
during that whole year of 2022, you've earned that bonus. You're going to walk away from a bonus, understand what that bonus would be, and ask for it in the signing bonus. And, you know, if the recruiter's not creative, you can be creative. You can say, hey, you can give it to me, you know, in 60, 90, and 120 days or whatever. You know, you could help them understand how to give it to you. So be creative, but I would look at that. Then also look at the benefits you receive. Quite honestly, Capgemini has amazing benefits. We've got great medical, dental, um, paternity, maternity, short-term, long-term. Look at the benefits that you'll receive. Um, you usually Absolutely. Can yeah. I was going to say, I actually, I have a friend of mine um, from, you know, a recruiter out in the world and, uh, and I won't name any names. It's probably not too hard to figure out, but, um, she was offered a position and one of the benefits, it wasn't probably the best base compensation. Their whole establishment was pretty much open 24 hours and they had a fully functioning kitchen for, you know, over that 24 hours. So it was a huge perk for her to go in and she got three meals a day. She, uh, she actually laughed at, because at the end of it, it was like a contract or an opportunity. She probably gained 20 pounds because <laughs> one of the perks was that she, she didn't have to grocery shop every yeah. single meal, all she had to do. And she didn't have to be working during the hours to qualify to go into the kitchen. You just use the badge and you got amazing meals. And that was, that was a lot of extra activities. She, uh, you know, ended up creating a huge social network in, inside that they had happy hours all of the time. So yep. she went and had beer on tap and three meals a day. And that was a tremendous balance. When you're thinking about, you know, a compensation, it was 100% worth it. So looking at the over, like, look at everything. Look at all all of the, the benefits that come along. Yeah, which brings us to, we have another question. Um, how hard is it to negotiate additional PTO if salary negotiation has been shut down or a sign-on bonus? Do you want to go first, Katrina? Well, some companies are very rigid about PTO, but sometimes the time is just the time, but I would talk to them about how, uh, you know, any flex time or what that actually looks like. They may not be able to legally adjust how many days you get for formal vacation or sick time or PTO time, but, you know, talk internally when you're talking to people, how do you feel about this? If, if every time you have to, you know, run out for a, an hour doctor appointment, you have to submit for half a day PTO that's kind of rough. But if you have a manager or someone that says, you know what, just go and do that, you know, it just try to really understand PTO time. I think from, from at least my perspective, sometimes, unless it's a smaller company, it's, it's really hard to negotiate some of the things that are part of their standard package. Someone like Capgemini, we have 350,000 people in 50 countries and six continents. So it's very difficult to make an exception for one person in a formal uh, situation. So that informal uh, situation might work. Um, I've had candidates talk to the people manager prior to them starting to make that happen. Or you can look and figure out, is there something that you can negotiate that doesn't necessarily relate to any of that? I had uh, one gentleman who was um, coming in as a principal with CAP, and we had gone as far as we could on comp and bonus and percentage of bonus and everything. And he's like, wanted something more. And there were, and I called up HR and I said, what can I do? She said, offer him Paris. I said, excuse me? I didn't know we have a Paris. At that point, I didn't know that we had a castle in Paris where we do training. And for certain levels of people, they can be recommended to go and have some training there, which was super cool. And that put me over the top to help my 
to help my person feel really good about coming on board. So now I'm going to have everyone who's on cap ask me to come go to the castle. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was definitely an exception to the rule, but it was it was absolutely something that was able to be done. I think we're kind of good with talking about external. I think you know some people may want to talk about internal negotiations of salary, which can be awf- awfully tricky as well. Katrina, did you want to start that one off? It is very tricky. It is because a lot of times it's not, it's not a negotiation that you have with recruitment. It's an, it's a negotiation that you have with HR, which, you know, is a very different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Or your hiring manager. What's really nice is when you're coming to a new company, you have that buffer of a recruiter that's going to help you. Because again, I'm going to tell you when I hire people and I know when Katrina hires people, we just want the best for that person. We have guidelines and guardrails we have to go through, but we definitely want to treat people as, as good as we possibly can, because one is that's what we believe in and that's what the company believes in. However, I think, you know, I am sure that everyone sitting on this call has felt like, you know what? I only got a 2% raise and I'm going to tell everybody on this call, I am confident that companies across the country with all of the slowdown and uh, uh, talked about recession, I'm sure that things are not going to be as chipper as everyone hopes they they to be. So, I mean, I'm just level setting for the world right here. However, you'll find the time and there might be some time at some point um, that you are ready to say, okay, I really think that I need to have an increase. Don't wait. Do not wait until to get another job to to do this. If you feel like you need to leave your job because of money, talk to your manager first. Okay. Don't leave your job because you want an increase in salary. So if you really feel that you're underpaid or you feel like um, you've done such a fantastic job that you deserve more than the norm, it could be the truth, right? But the first thing that I'm going to tell you is be gracious. Be gracious and be um, professional and be prepared. Look at, again, evaluate your experiences. Evaluate your contributions. Evaluate anything that you have done. Have you? Did you get a master's degree? Did you take a significant amount of classes to get you ready for another another role or things that could contribute to the company. You know, have all your bullet points. What did you do that is so outstanding that you deserve this? And set up a time, be professional. Ask your, you know, I would not go to HR, at least in my company, I would recommend going to your people manager first and explain, you know, what you're looking for and what you are hoping to have happen and talk, be be very, but do not be, God knows I've done this for a million years. I've been in HR as well as a people manager. And I've had people who've been boorish, who just completely turn us down off and you'll turn ev- everybody all off. It's not what you deserve, but what you may feel like you have earned, right? If you talk to them and say, you know, this, I wanted to set this time up because I am confident that I've done this, 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 and this. And with this, I feel that I've contributed, you know, did did something you do contribute to the bottom line? Is something, you know, increased your um, your um, deliverables? You know, did you help other people get promoted? What is it that that merits this? And And have that discussion. But again, I cannot say more than ever to be professional and not, not be pointing a finger or or bad mouthing a company or I deserve and I need and and again I shouldn't say need 
because need is a different conversation altogether. But I would just be as gracious as possible. Um, not, not to the point of being groveling because that's absolutely not appropriate either, but just being professional and gracious. Katrina, did you want to add to that? I agree. I think it just kind of circles back to my overall opinion of don't be afraid to ask and have the conversation. But like you said, show, you know, a little bit of humility and being humble and just trying to get to an agreed point because nine times out of 10, your boss wants to see you you know, succeed and wants you to be better. And, and yes, sometimes you're restricted by budget and what's allowed and permitted, but have that conversation and see what your next steps look like. You know, how do you grow? How do you do a little bit better? Start there. I don't think it should be, I agree with you. Don't knee jerk it. You know, nobody likes to always negotiate when there's another offer on the table, when somebody might've been willing to, to work with you, you know, but don't be afraid to talk about money. And do it professionally. Set up time. Do your do your homework. Set up a time to to talk, and you know, with your people manager. I would I would absolutely don't do it on the fly. Don't be having lunch and say, "So, can I get a raise?" You know, I mean, the way you present yourself will be everything um, in a salary negotiation. Truly. Okay, I have another question here. Corporate policy in the UK is often offer no more than 20% more compared to current salary. However, the market average salary for the experience role is really around 40% more. Wow. Already had to turn down offers based on my current salary. Any suggestions here? And thanks for great insights. Okay, so I have no clue, and this is my transparency too, about things that happen in the UK. And, and the percentages, that's that's really great compared to what we have in the U.S. However, I, I, I do want to say, if you have a couple offers that are 20% more, that could be what the market is right now. Uh, 40%, maybe that's in good days, but 20% more, and that's kind of the average. It's kind of the average of what we see here in the U.S. But if you have offers that you're turning down based on your current salary, I would look at the job. I mean, 20% more in the U.S. is a lot of money. I mean, that's that's a pretty good average to, to increase. Make sure that you're turning down a job for all the right reasons, you know, and you're leaving your job for all the right reasons. Because if it really is only about the Benjamins, you might not think that the job might not just be the best job for you as well. So that's what I would say. It kind of goes back to one of our previous discussions about chasing the money. 40%. So, yeah, wow. I mean, 20%, 40% is huge. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. That's all that if you want to like send another note on this. So I guess to wrap up that question, I would say, look at the job and see if that salary is really something that you should be turning down. And just to kind of elaborate a little bit on that, uh, again, it goes back into our conversation. Like, see, sometimes there's a reason they're throwing all that money at you. Yep. And and think about that. Hi, Shiraz. My question is, if you give an organization like like a specific range or number, and um, let's say you gave that range on the lower end of what the market is, and they give you what you asked for, but a little bit higher, is there any space for you to go back and say, oh, wait, you know, I, I gave a number that was awfully low and um, I actually want more? Or at that point, do you just have to accept what they gave you because it was initially higher than what you asked for? Oh, wow. That's a great question. That is yep. a great question. That's always tricky. Well, the thing is, you know, things do change. 
And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a whole, it depends on how far down the process it is and the reasoning why you want to have more. If you, if you went through the conversation and realized, oh my gosh, um, this job is going to be, require me to work, you know, 20 hours extra a week, you know, that, that's a different job than maybe you talked about in the beginning, then, then it might be okay to discuss an increase in, in your original ask. Again, I, I strongly suggest be gracious with that and talk to the um, person and let them know, you know, this job is much different than what I thought about. But I would also say this, you need to know what salary you need, you want when you walk in the door, because whether you're going to be a milkman or a shoeshine delivery guy, it is you who has experience, right? And your experience should bode well, no matter what job you're going for and that is what should that should that your experience should determine what kind of salary you should have okay so that's something that i would make sure that you provide accurately in the beginning i also wanted to add that when you give a salary ask you don't have to say i want 120 you could say i want between 110 and 130 and sometimes people are going to be offered the top, sometimes the bottom. But most companies, if, the, if there are companies you want to work for, are not going to go to the bottom. Does that make sense? You hope not anyway. You hope yeah, that you they don't. But I think like, like Lynn was saying, you know, during that kind of stage, I would recommend knowing what your threshold is. I mean, if, if you feel like that they've gone to great efforts to, to you ask for 125, you feel like they did a lot to get you to 135, you kind of hope that there's some conversation in there, even a verbal saying, this is the intention of the offer. This is what's going to be coming. Would you accept this? And you have an opportunity right then to talk about and say, you know what, I was thinking about it, or I've done some more research, and I think I'd be more comfortable at 140 instead. I think it's, it's a little bit discouraging for everybody when that offer comes and it's written and everyone's so excited and then you come back and say, I want a little bit more. And that's just from a yeah. personal aspect. You want everyone to be excited. So, you know, just be upfront and honest at the beginning because it doesn't feel good for anybody, especially if someone pushed really hard for you. Just know your numbers. Like Lynn said, just be ready yeah. to know what you would do. Yeah. Know your numbers and also do your homework. Don't take the interview without having an idea about what it is that you need in order to leave your job and be happy about it. Not only do they want to be excited, we want you to be excited. Katrina, what you just mentioned is exactly what happened. Uh, I, I asked for 125. They offered me 135 and I, I, you know, very excitedly accepted. And then through my peers, I found out that some of my peers are getting paid up to 165, 170 with like the same experience and, you know, background. So I was like, at wow. At the same company? Low. Yeah, yeah, at the same company, same background. Same oh. So I was like, wow, oh. I initially I asked really low. And yes, they met my expectation, but only because I wasn't aware of the range. So your advice on doing your homework um, and coming prepared is actually very helpful. So I appreciate that. Okay. Well, and have those conversations with your friends. Again, I'm not a person that shies away from compensation. I would rather say, you know, it, your peer at this level may have been here, but they've been here for 12 years. And this is right. how we've been able to get to that number. And this is why, you know, this is for internal integrity, how it's going to look with your peers. Like I, I am not afraid to have, I would rather be open and honest as, as much as I possibly can. So that's 100%. unfortunate that it happened that way for you. Yeah. And the thing is, too, 
yeah, dig in a little bit more. Are these friends really on the same par as you? Do they have the same experience, the same education? I mean, I'm not asking for your answer today, but just look at to see if it makes sense. All right. Omar did ask a question. Hi, Omar. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. This is great. Yes. So I have two offers on the table now. One of them actually had a minimum 120 to 175. Now I'm in the process. They did ask me for my range. And honestly, I kind of chickened down and I, I asked for between 135 to 145. Did I mm. do well? or Because taking taking the state of the market and the economy now and the, the, the layoffs, I just didn't want to be over 150. Yeah. The, and the other the company is an MSP, so I'm more likely leaning towards this company that I that, uh, just gave the numbers for. Thank you. Katrina, you want to? Well, I guess the, the bigger question is that, you know, between the two companies, do you, do you see yourself there? Do you, the, the company that you're thinking about, is, it, is there more to it than just the compensation that's making you want to go there? Because if, if that's a number that you're okay with and there's all of the other benefits and all of the other incentives and, and just being a part of that company, if that's, if that's a number that you're good with, you know, then yes, you always do the right thing. You know, it's it's being modest. It's kind of everything that we have said, thought, think about, you know, the opportunity as a whole and see, yes, we all want to make more money, but sometimes that more money comes at a cost that is just uh, whether you're potentially at risk. Um, it's a short-term fill, so they're just waving it in front of you for a little bit, but you could potentially be at risk in a month. You know, if you're if you're able to get security and know that that you're going to stay and love it and be able to be with that number, then then you are not wrong. I would say you did just the right thing. And I think I mentioned before, Katrina, when we had one of these conversations, if you're happy at what you're doing and you're loving it every day, you're going to do really well. It's when you, you know, if you took a gig that you weren't really excited about, you're probably not going to be as as successful. So if you're happy and you like this company, you really want it, go for it. You're fine. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Carla? Thanks. Uh, I just had a quick question. So what is a good resource? And I, I'm sorry if you've already said this as I jumped on a little late, but what is a good resource for knowing, um, you know, doing your research before accepting an offer? I currently use like Glassdoor and I found that a lot of the estimate on there have been like higher than I've gotten an offer for and I think Mm -hmm. like sometimes my region just like underpays versus other regions so I yeah I would love any advice there well first of all let me just add to sometimes companies will do do salaries based on where you part of it maybe as where you live um because uh you know cost of living and things like that so some of that might be part of the reason why your salary might be a little bit lower than what uh, your offer might have been just a little lower than what you've seen. I think that, you know, um, Glassdoor is a fine, fine resource, but I think it's only one of many. Fishbowl itself, I think, is a great place to to ask questions. You can ask questions anonymously, find the company um, on, on Fishbowl, and you can ask general questions, and people can answer anonymously as well. So you really might want to to look at that. Also, Google. Google what the standard is for your field. Katrina, do you want to add? No, I was just going to support the same thing. I think with Fishbowl, for me that I've noticed, I like the private conversations because you can ask and people are telling you truthfully. Like yep. I'm in the same role and I'm making 155. You don't know who the heck it is. There's no yep. record. Like it get, really is a forum that you can speak candidly without without it coming back and tracking you somewhere. Yep. 
Yep, I totally agree. Okay, we have another person. Pedro, I'm inviting you if you want to uh, join us. So I work for a company that just got purchased and they changed my pay. They put me on a different pay level. But it seems that this year they told me I would be okay. But this year I'm going to make less than I made last year. Do I just go back to them, you know, once the year is over and, and try to renegotiate? Um, you know, my salary and commission because well, it's yeah. just not, it's just a total different yeah. pace. Is, is it involving your, your commission structure or how is it? Yes. Yes. Price? Yes. Before I used to, I used to, I used to make commission. I used to sell, I used to sell a product and make commission. Now it's, I have to make these numbers to get my commission and, and salary that I agreed to for the year. And what's happening is that even though my numbers have doubled, the new company purchasing us, I am going to be making less when mm. the year's done, you know, just because of the way they had it set. It was a, it was a performance based. Now the performance is good, but it's just not, it's just not, you know, it's just not going to give me what I, you know, what I made last year. That doesn't feel good. Yes, I, absolutely. Go. I would recommend, as Lynn said, go to your manager, have a conversation and start discussing that. Nobody likes to make less. You know, and making, and honestly, especially if you've really done great on your performance and this company, since they purchased you all, they may not have recognized what they did. If they did recognize what they did, then that's another conversation, but they might not have realized that setting up the program as they did with employees who had already been there would be having them make less money. I mean, I think that's kind of ugly. I, I have to go on the side of, I'm betting you that they didn't realize that that's what was going to be the outcome. So I would absolutely go to your, your manager and ask what's going and And again, be gracious, be humble, and just go with the idea that they didn't know that this is what was going to happen when they made that comp change. And, I, and I'm sense? not wrong for that, right? I'm not no, wrong for that. Absolutely you know, not. I mean, I joined, no. I joined, the, I joined the, the, the company that got purchased three years ago, and every year I've been making more year after year, which was fantastic. And then now right. with the new one, I'm going to be making less. So I'm not wrong for feeling that way. Am I? No, no not, not at all. all. Mm -mm. Not all right, at all. We you. don't want to, we don't, I mean, we expect to go backwards, like during a pandemic or during, uh, you know, a real uh, recession, you know, we expect those things, but not when the going's good. Cause we all have to kind of sacrifice during those times. Right. But during this last year, there's no reason. So we have another question here. What is the best strategy to negotiate salary within a current company? I started my discussion with HR during a one-on-one -on -one and gave a 20% hike range, but still to hear back from him, it's been a month waiting for a response. As part of the appraisal, they gave me $12,000, I guess it must have been a $12,000 uh, retention bonus. So what's the bad, best strategy to negotiate salary within the current company? I would say go back to this person immediately and ask, you know, what is the outcome? And there could be reasons why this outcome hasn't come yet. And it could be that they don't know the answer. But at the very least, they should have given you some kind of status as to what's been going on. I, Unless you think, and I can't, because I don't know the whole circumstances, I can't say, but unless they thought that the... 12,000 end of year bonus, I guess a 7,000, oh, it was a $7,000 bonus and a 5K retention bonus. Um, and I don't know how long that is. If they thought that was in lieu of getting an increase, I would get yeah, some, a, get clarification. Yeah. 
that's what I was just going to say is that throwing out their retention bonus and those bonuses, I think that they were trying to accommodate that and they think it may be resolved. Right. So you, I would suggest um, going and asking for the clarification as to what this dollar amount was. I also would look to see if, did they send you something that you had to sign as well? Like the, especially for this 5,000 stick bonus, you know, the retention bonus, I would question what all that means because if you've signed to something and you really don't know what it means, um, they have not done a good job in clarifying and communicating to you. So I would go back immediately, actually. Um, okay. Anna, you had a yeah. question. Hi, Anna. If you want to. Hello. Go um, yeah. So I just had a question around retention and like the kind of benefits people are getting for retention at the moment. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned negotiating internal salary increases. Uh, maybe can you like comment on a couple of other things that people might be asking for that companies are offering at the moment? Okay. What is it that you want? Is it retention bonuses? Yeah. So, to, so like retention raises, retention bonuses. Like, have you seen any other trends of uh, around what people are getting uh, I have not seen a lot of retention bonuses the last six months. six months. There was a period of time where some of the big four were giving, you know, $10,000, $15,000 retention bonuses. I've seen mm -hmm. that. But right now, I would be very surprised if anyone gave anybody a retention bonus. Okay. So I don't think that's a trend at this current moment in the U.S. Okay. Ted, would you would you agree to that? or? Yeah, I agree. I think that we're... we're going to start to see the decline of that a little bit in the market. We only have a few minutes left. You know, I know I personally want to leave you all with, you know, having that confidence. I mean, recruiters, any recruiters on this call, I ask you to please make sure you are being as transparent with people who are talking to you and being realistic, being humanistic, being fair, being, you know, doing whatever you can to make sure that there is a mutual beneficial relationship because if there is not we can't think that at the end of a hiring cycle that someone who wanted you know 130 is going to accept 120 right so let's be realistic let's be honest let's be as transparent as possible with with all candidates that come through the door conversely you know hiring managers be as fair and considerate and thoughtful um for people coming in the door as well i know that we've had some issues during the great resignation where we were concerned that people who were going to come in were going to uh, upset the apple cart with internal equity. I know all companies are trying to rectify that and do as well as good as they possibly can to make sure um, things are as equal. But I think that salary negotiations need to be filled with grace, humanistic approaches, and kindness, you know, as well as, of course, business, business concerns. Katrina, did you want to add no, I, I, I completely agree. And again, uh, don't be afraid to talk about it. Be honest about what you need and what you're looking for and just try to, you know, have a real, a real conversation about it. We are going to start seeing different trends and just, you know, understand that that wave of, of money that we've been seeing since, you know, January to maybe, you know, August is, is, probably really going to slow down. So just have a real realistic view of, of what it's going to look like in the coming year. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with that, we're at time. We thank you all. Um, I know Katrina, you and I haven't scheduled any more for the end of the year, but I think we probably fit one more in. 
Um, we'll figure out some interesting topics. Um, I encourage you all to connect with us on Fishbowl as well as LinkedIn. Please connect with us. Um, if you're interested in working with Capgemini, connect with us. Even if you're not interested in working with Capgemini, connect with us. We'd love to um, have you in our network of people. Um, and we look forward to, you know, talking some more. And good luck to you all. You know, have a very nice holiday. Um, enjoy um, the, the day of eating. And, you know, we will talk again soon, I'm sure. That's all, folks. Thanks again for listening to Hardly Working. Join us live next time and talk directly to the speakers and, who knows, end up here. Fishbowl is a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can download Fishbowl on the App Store or Google Play. If you want to host a Fishbowl live event, get in touch at live at fishbowlapp.com. See you soon.